This is Biz, and if hosting One Bad Mother for over 10 years has taught me anything, it's that parenting is hard and nobody gives a shit. So belly up to the low bar, where fine is good enough and you'll never feel alone. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, I want to suck your blood so I can test it for signs of cancer. Kevin Marr returns with his new short film about what scares Dracula. Speaking of spoilers, welcome back to the show, Kevin Marr. Hello. Hello. For those of you who uh, don't know Kevin Marr, well, this is your time to correct that. He has been on the show multiple times. He is a filmmaker, comedy writer, and the author of the book, Santa Doesn't Need Your Help. He's been featured in the New York Times and Scientific America, but his favorite praise came from Tiger Beat, who called him funny. (laughs) Kevin's new short film is streaming for free online. It's called Dracula's Super Scary Halloween. Oh my gosh. Also, Kevin Marr, a very long time friend of mine. And so it's always nice and almost sad that this is when I have a chance to reconnect with Kevin uh, publicly on a podcast. So yeah. buckle up for that, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Kevin? And in your answer, I want you to share who is living and not living in your house. That, that sounded sounds, like ghosts. That that, sounded, yeah, that sounds yeah, like someone passed. Yeah, it does. Which is not the case. I, mm-hmm. I'll i start with who is here is okay. you've got me. Yep. You've got Rebecca, my oh, wife. Oh, I love Rebecca, who's also been on this show. Also been on the show. Yes. Uh, Calvin, who's waiting to be invited onto the show. Oh, well, let's figure it out. Turns, <laughs> turns 16 tomorrow. <laughs> and my mother-in-law is in the basement apartment. It's a very nice apartment. I should just say the she's basement. in the just mother-in-law say. apartment. It, it looks out on the garden. It's beautiful. It's really nice. Um, and then the person who's not with us is Shane. <laughs> who is very much alive, living the college life Mm-mm. as a freshman in the Mm-mm. Big Apple, New York City. Oh, and why would taken... you let him go there? <laughs> because he wanted to go there. Because we moved out of Brooklyn thinking we were doing our children a gigantic favor that oh, when yeah. they became preteens, they would get to have their own bedroom and have a yeah. big backyard. And instead, it was this missing piece of... I need to go back. That's my true home. And it's like, you know, there are much more affordable places true to go homes. to college than New York City. Yeah. There are they much more affordable both, true homes. Yeah, yeah. They both, both my kids are like, no, no, I'm going to college in New York City because that's <laughs> home. That's where it just, it feels right. Wow. Hmm. Well, that's, that's where it feels right for lots of people for mm-hmm. a certain window of time in their life. It's a young person's game. It's a young person's town. That's right. It is a town for people who really know what they want to do and uh, have the energy to do it. That is, which is college on some college, Kevin, college, that, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Are you, are you guys freaking out a little bit? Here's the thing. I spent the entire, like, the months leading up to it was just, like, making sure he was ready. Yeah. And then, like, two days before he went to school, it's like, I'm not ready. Yeah. I've I've done nothing (laughs) to think about whether or not I'm ready. Wait a second. Now I have to make turkey burgers for 
three people instead of four people. Like it's it's like a, losing the leg on a table or a car yeah. with three wheels. Everything feels off. Like just that- all of your if if you're in a home with multiple people and one of them leaves, it screws <laughs> up the works. I got to tell you, that's fascinating because you know it it. I think that's an underrated cycle. The like you cook for one person yourself. And yeah. I can remember being very grumpy about like going to the store and I'm like, I don't want four chicken breasts. I want one fucking chicken breast. And then I moved to New York and was like, oh, a city that understands me and will sell me yes. just one chicken breast, <laughs> not <laughs> a 15 pack, right? Um, and then uh, perhaps uh, you, you get into a relationship and you're cooking for two people and that's nice. Yeah. Uh, still, there can be an unsatisfactory ratio of chicken breasts to what you want to purchase uh, sometimes in that situation. Then a kid arrives in your house and another, and again, th- there's the like monotony of cooking every night. That's a, that's a good part of the story. They're like, I don't want to fucking cook anything for anybody ever again. Right. Um, oh, yeah. And then they hit that, like the teen is like, like at night wakes up, like Stefan and I will come out in the morning to discover what they've eaten around 10 o'clock at night. And it's like, like whole bags of things are missing. Mm. Whole, they're just eating. They just, they eat all the food. Uh, and now, so again, I got another one. Nine, they're starting to eat all the foods. Though it's only one type of food because they're very picky. But to then think about finally getting used to cooking for a certain number of people, and then that take it away, that is, that's just something I'd never thought about. It's just Kevin. one of one of many things to get used to that you don't get used to. And then I'll I'll tell you more about it later. We can talk about it now. I can answer any what of else? your questions. What else? Let's do it. Let's do it. You speak for all people whose children go to college. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no pressure. In your experience, what else... What else is like came as a surprise besides the cost of college? Um, <laughs> just the it's I'm paralyzed by too many things to want yeah. to say. Um, just really getting to a point where like you're an adult and I'm going to trust you to make adult decisions, mm. and I'm surprised at some of your decision making process but I don't want to undermine that I want to trust you but I'm I'm still sometimes can't help myself the other thing that is absolutely shocking I can't decide if this is to their credit or not not to be overly simplistic like is this a good thing or a bad thing because everything <laughs> has to be one or the other um the college sends him financial information and letters and documents wow. and I'm like for god's sakes send it to us and it's yeah. like their attitude is he's an adult and part of going to college is becoming a responsible adult. Huh. I don't know if there is a more cynical thing of like they want him to sign away <laughs> the payments and student loans <laughs> that I'd be like, whoa, hold on. You're going to be paying this off till you're 70. Right. Um, I, I don't know. But um, it's surprising that the college and I wonder if the pendulum is kind of swinging the other way because mm-hmm. I think we've heard about people who are a few years younger than us, where it's like they had these helicopter parents who did everything for them. And if institutions are trying to course correct and say like, we want the parents to be less involved and we want 
you know, the students to become more independent, complete human beings right. who are, are able to do things on their own. So that's been that's, uh, just something to get used to of like, okay, yeah. you're an adult. You're an adult now. You're being seen as an adult by other people. So now I need to start thinking of you as an adult. Oh, that sounds difficult. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like in all honesty, like, I mean, it's, it's one thing when you are witnessing kids making sort of choices and potential mistakes or potential great outcomes and learning yourself that they are doing it differently than you might do it, but it's still valid. That seems kind of, it's hard, but it's also easy when they're still in your house, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because you're right there to kind of catch it if it needs to be caught. Um, or if you just need to stand there and say, I told you so. Like, just really rub it in. Like, you're in person. That's so helpful. Uh, but out when they're gone, there's such an air of... I mean, I never spoke to my parents when I left. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like, I didn't, I didn't share a lot. Like, my father is still like, I, have, I don't want to know. I don't want to know about most of the stuff that you did, right? And there's a lot of stuff that, uh, a lot of mistakes, horrible Dumb mistakes. Let's don't even, we'll share the story of the psychic hotline and the debt that I rang up. Oh, my up. God. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I thought that would be a better answer than therapy. It wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Boy, oh, boy, did that come with some lessons. I bet. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Long time. Long time lessons. It would have been awesome if, like, the psychic was like, <laughs> You are going to be in trouble soon. And you're oh, going to yeah. get you're no. going to get a long lecture. Oh, not only a long lecture, but an adult will be on your bank account for a number of years after that. And uh, there will be a day where you finally pay your father back. You write the last check, and you feel great. <laughs> and their response is like, "What?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh no, I did it." It just seems really complicated and scary. I mean, you, I listen yeah. to the podcast. You yeah. talk about, like, we love as parents, we all, anyone listening to this is like, what is more valuable than like, oh my gosh, I have some time alone. Yeah. Finally, yeah. some alone time. And yeah. then your kid moves away. It's like, I miss them and I wish they were here. I miss them all the time. I don't yeah. want to text them and I can't, I don't want to be too needy and clingy. And it's like, why, why wasn't I doing more stuff with my kid when he was living here. Yeah. When I was like, I just wanted time to myself to watch a show. So how do we prepare? What have you done? Have you done anything? I've done absolutely nothing. Nothing. That's right. You didn't prepare. I didn't prepare. Shit. And I don't know how to better compartmentalize it. I will say, because mm -hmm. I have a, a another child. Yeah. You can put son. all your efforts into that one. <laughs> now he's home. And he's going to go away to college in two years. And I'm like, yeah. oh, now I will actively, if he yeah. wants to do something that I don't want to do, I will do it anyway, mm -hmm. just in order to get to hang out and spend some time together. You bet I will. Yeah. So I'm prioritizing a little bit better. And the thing Rebecca pointed out was Shane was born first and he was an only child for two years. And then yeah. his brother came along. Now Calvin is He's not an only child, but, but he's he living, he's he's getting to be the only child living at home full time. So now he's getting benefits of, of having two parents who can give him undivided attention. Most 16-year-olds do not want the cloying <laughs> attention of like, 
how was your day really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go to my room. For real. Yeah. Yeah. Dracula's super scary Halloween. I watched this short film and I did not know what to, I clearly did not know what to expect. Okay. I did not know uh, what to expect. If everybody, there, there will be, there will be some spoilers from this five minute short film. So if you want to just go to your show notes right now, click on it, watch it. Maybe you're in car line. Maybe you're waiting in an office somewhere. Stop, go watch it because here it comes. It's Halloween night, Dracula doing what Dracula does, taking a bath, gonna take a bath. I, again, was really surprised that the very first thing was Dracula's taking a bath. And then he discovers a pea-sized lump in his testicles. And I, like the whole story turns and it's fucking genius. As a person who just went through massive breast screenings and sampling and pressing and all kinds of things, that moment where you find something, you have to sit for a long time not knowing what the results are. And that it's Dracula? Tell me why, how, what led to this? Okay, so last time I was on, I I got to share, uh, at the time, people could pre-order the book. Now they can just go ahead and buy. Just go get it. Santa doesn't need your help. I made a short (laughs) film, and Joe Dater, the illustrator, did these beautiful illustrations. He's a New Yorker cartoonist. He said, why isn't this a book? And it's like, oh, well, because I'm a video person. I'm not a book person. Showed it to his agent. The agent's like, this is absolutely a book. It was published a year later. Like, the turnaround was incredible which I'm, yeah. I I know is very unique in the world of publishing. So I was like, oh, I'm a book guy. Uh, the book's <laughs> going to come out. The book's going to come out in a new in a few months. I need to figure out what I'm doing and I need to have a follow-up book. Not a yeah. not a series, not like a, a Harry Potter type of series, but like uh, just <laughs> figure out my niche. And it's like, oh, I write I write picture books for grown-ups. So I'm going to write another picture book for grown-up. Um I was dealing with a lot of big charged feelings and emotions having to do with uh, my wife's cancer diagnosis and how scary and terrifying that was. And during the waiting period of not knowing what was going to come next, I, I occupied myself by just escaping and going into my head and writing this story about Dracula um, because Santa is a public domain figure. I wanted to write another familiar character with, with Dracula. And I, I thought it would be great to do something about juxtaposing, comparing the superficial, spooky horror yeah. of like yeah. a jack o' lantern. Yeah. Like, there's nothing scary about a jack o' lantern. <laughs> but, you know, comparing that to like actual, really yeah. scary stuff. And I just heard this interview where uh, Guillermo del Toro was talking mm. about how suspense is founded on not knowing. And the fear of like, what's under the bed? What's in the closet? What's lurking beneath the water? Like the unknown. And so much of medical stuff at our age just turns into like, wait, what is this? Oh God, I have to go get tested. And then I have to wait seven days to meet with the doctor to find out what it was. Is it treatable? Can I survive the treatment? Like there's so many unknowns that are so upsetting and so terrifying. Um, so it it was about trying to to write a story that looked at the real terror compared to the superficial terror that Dracula is typically associated yeah. with in a Frankenberry sort of fun, goofy, 
horror way. Um, and then it turns out the publisher said, uh, this Santa book is going to be for kids. This is going to sell much better as a children's book. So I was like, I, I defer to you. I trust sure. you. Now I'm, a, now I'm, I always said, I'm not a children's book author. I'm just somebody who wrote a children's book. Right, right. Um, the same way uh, in a movie, Stacey Keach says, just because I drive a truck doesn't make me a truck driver. <laughs> like, I'm defensively <laughs> refusing to be pigeonholed as a children's book author. And now I have this other book and it's like, oh, well, what am I going to do with this? Um, so the first one started as a film. It became a book. The second one was written as a book. It didn't fit into the market I was in, so it became a short film. So it is it is a direct-to-video sequel uh, <laughs> following up from Santa. But you don't need to have read the Santa book to appreciate it. No, no, it's a standalone. It, it They're both standalone. And so. I'm actually surprised that it's not a book because, to me, it's a... It, it just fills such a slot in the adult humor, you know, yet yet something that is very beneficial yeah. to read. Not enough. The publishing, if you read Publishers <laughs> Weekly, there's every few no. months you read a you read an article how there there just aren't enough books about Dracula's junk. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So That's true. I, I thought I we mean, were filling a void. Yeah. No, the I, publisher I, didn't the, want it. No? They did they they looked at it, and the agent was like, I don't think anybody else is going to want to do anything. Like that this. should be on every shelf in Target. What are you talking about? But what about? I like, I will tell you <laughs> what I like, Biz, is yes, that... Yes, tell me. Um, since the last time we met... Oh, gosh, there's, we really do have a lot to catch up on. I know. Since last time we met, I did a book tour. Turns out, I would love to hear your experiences. Didn't like it. Did not like... Because the message is telling people, I had to like think about... You know, one of the things I do in couples therapy, what do you want? Like, learn to express. And it's like, well, what do I want? Yeah. Well, I just want people to buy the book and read the book right. and enjoy the book yeah. and understand the book and tell their friends about the book and go online and write a five-star review. Yeah. I mean, Amazon's nice, but Goodreads is good, too. Yeah. And maybe share about it on social media. It's like, that's a lot to that's want. That's a lot of, and that's a lot. And asking people to like, just spend money and put it in my hand. Yeah. Uh, and then to have a book that I actually, for, oh, I hate this word, a, a, a new project that I think is in some way important, uh, right. that I can just say, it's for free. If you want to watch the Dracula short, anyone can see it for free. And it is not yeah. to my financial benefit. I'm not trying to like hustle money. And right. I also love that I don't, I, I was going to be so uncomfortable with like, you and I know each other and we can talk and this is the yeah. only press. This is the only like promotion I'm going to do for this project. I would have hated going on a radio interview or uh, any place where they're like, so did you have cancer? Tell us about your cancer. No, my wife did. Tell us about your wife. And then I'm like exploiting yeah. and telling the story of my wife's journey and recovery and illness. I don't want to do that. No, no. And that's I don't want to. But... Yeah. But here's the nice thing about, yeah, it's it's hard to control what people are going to ask, right? Yeah. Um, and what they're going to focus on. But this, what I like about this story is that it's not per se about that tell us about, the, you know, exploiting a... Because it's not know, a memoir. Personal, no, it's... 
it's just, hey, this is a thing that's really actually scary. And I understand. And I it, it's very much within the house of I see you. Right. Yeah. Like people out there who are dealing with this and it's funny and sensitive at the same time. And it's OK to go get screened, everybody. It's yeah. OK to go check things out. You get to make choices each step along the way. It's a hard topic, but it's a really clever and sm- I mean, I was like laughing, sitting next to Stefan and I'm laughing and he's like trying to do work and he's kind of looking over and we're like halfway through it. And I was like, Kevin Mar. And he was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I mean, it's delightful, everybody. Thank you. But you mentioned there's the scary of, because technically everybody, happy Halloween. You mentioned this difference between Frankenberry, scary, you know, it's a jack o' lantern, right? Like everybody, yeah. anywhere. Spooky season. Versus things that really cause fear. Now, Stefan. Uh, has been doing a podcast for a little while, uh, Nature Trail to Hell. And it's where his friend puts a movie to Stefan that he hasn't seen that's a horror movie. And then they, you know. I've listened to it. Oh, this is for other people. I'm sorry. This is for the listeners, not for me. Like, I I know know Biz. I know Biz. Anyway, but we've been talking about, you know, he's watching Saw movies right now. And he's like, these aren't really scary right? They're disturbing. And he said he had this moment where he was beginning to wonder if he could be scared, if he found anything scary anymore. And it led to this really interesting discussion about, you know, what can scare you? And we, I will say that we talked predominantly about movies and he was like, I'm not sure. I was like, exorcist. He's like, eh? you know, and I'm like, is it because you are, uh, he's an atheist. And I said, if you don't believe in anything, it's hard to be scared by stuff, right? Like if you don't believe in ghosts, then even the most scary ghost movie, will it scare you if you know, if you're so cynical that it's not real, <laughs> will it, yeah. will it scare you? So I, I actually pose this question to you as a person who, uh, has a long career in looking at media and talking about media and doing comedy about media. What is scary to you? Can you be scared? Oh, I can definitely be scared. Yeah. Can but you? In okay. the, what scares you? But it's in the thrill ride yeah. sort of way. Oh, okay. Thrill that it's, it's a ride. Although the other thing is since we've last seen each other, I lost a significant amount of weight and I finally was able yeah. to go back to Six Flags with my kids. Oh, wow. And here's, here's what I didn't realize. I was wearing a protective bodysuit <laughs> for years. Did, did you just like fly up a couple padding, of times? <laughs> and I went on one of those roller coasters where yeah. they put the harness over uh, the shoulders, not, not the crossbar, yeah. but the one over. And I just got banged around. I was like, Beaten this is up. horrible. Oh, I'm older that. and I don't have my padding. Which is for the best. I'm not complaining. But it's like, oh, I don't think I like rides anymore. (laughs) So when I say that horror movies are like a a thrill ride, I mean it in a good way, not in a bad way. I I, I mean, I love uh, The Descent. That's my idea of a new movie. It probably came out like 18 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But that's better than like a 70s pull. Right, I Um, know. Uh, when a stranger calls, the beginning of when a stranger calls is super. Yeah, but what tense. about it? 
Is it the suspense that's scary? Is it... I mean, because in the in the short film, Dracula, we're talking about that fear from the unknown. And, yeah. you know, the suspense, what makes for good suspense. So for you, is it like in a scary movie, like When a Stranger Calls or even the suspense in like a Halloween of he is going to be right behind that door. Jesus Christ. I know it's coming. I know it. I know he's going to be behind that door. I know it's going to. Ah! By the way, that's playing hide and seek for me with my family. Like I will, we'll play hide and seek. And I know my children are in the shower. Like I know they are, or they're behind that closet. And I will start approaching and I'll be like, are they in the, and I still talk to my children like that. Are they in the closet? Are they, I know you're in the closet and it's still gonna scare the shit out of me. (laughs) Open the door and they're just standing there and I still scream hysterically. (laughs) Like I still scream. And like, we were doing this at Stefan's parents' house and I thought they must think I am that my children are jumping out and they're not, they're just standing there. And I'm like, there. I know you're going to be there. And then I realized it's because I grew up in a house where my father thought that was very funny and would scare the shit out of us uh, in games like that. Anywho, so is that what drives you to like those movies? Is that what's scary? My understanding is there's two kinds of horror Ooh, movies. Oh, and okay. <laughs> there's watching the two extremes are like, watching the Blair Witch Project where someone knows they're in great peril and they are afraid and they are showing the fear. And then there's the suspense of like characters have a bomb under the table and the audience sees a a ticking bomb has been placed under a table and the characters sit at a table and they're talking about baseball and the audience is like, get out of there, the bomb's going to blow up. <laughs> so there's, when when they don't know it, when you have more information than the characters and you're scared on their behalf and you want to affect the outcome, and I think the, the upsetting thing is I am powerless to change the outcome of this thing I'm looking at. That's terrible, feeling powerlessness about that. And then there's, you know, responding to, like, seeing people express fear and mm-hmm. panic um, when they're swimming away from the shark and they know the shark is coming versus the kind where they don't know the shark is coming mm-hmm. and they get eaten. Those are two different approaches to to what's scary. And I guess I respond to both. Um, I wish I had more specific answers of No, of it's okay. I'm just glad to know you can still be scared because it, it oh, led yeah. me down this whole path of, you know, am I going to age out of being scared by, you know, movies or stories? No, or And I... I I mean, Stefan's having an entire, like, you know, uh, emotional crisis about this. He's like, I don't want to not be able to be scared. And uh, so, you know, I don't know how, we, I don't yeah. know how to fix that. But I was like, well, believe in the devil. Because that's, as a, as a former Catholic, if it's a devil movie, if Satan is involved, I'm terrified. Do you feel like you can enjoy podcasts or are you paying attention to the mm. mechanics of a podcast when you listen to it? Oh, I enjoy. I I mean, sometimes I'll listen to, like, you know, one of my favorite people is Liz Sauer, who does this Ghost in the Burbs podcast that uh, yeah. where she writes and tells <clears throat> what I for a long time believed to be very true stories. Um, and it's scary 
but it's also fun and funny. And like, that's one of those ones where I just love listening. Occasionally I'll be like, oh, the sound is weird, right? Mm. <laughs> but I'm like, eh, fuck it, I don't care. Because I'm enjoying the content. I think I am more of a content over production. Unless it's like, I mean, you know, any in any art form or any creative outlet, there can be a line where you're like, this is I, this is unbearable to hear, right? I wish oh gosh, yeah, that could be fixed. I think when I listen, it's it's more about the content. I have a very small list of podcasts that I listen to. I'm not a I'm a music listener when I'm relaxing yeah. or playing around the house. The other thing I wanted to tell you since I went on a book yeah. tour is I realized I have no. I, I don't get hung up on talking to children when I would do like right. book readings and there were kids there. I, yeah. I'm at ease. And I've noticed um, if you ever see like on Sesame Street, there are some guests yeah. who are so condescending towards the Muppets. It's like ah. you are so I what I believe is when people are uncomfortable talking to Muppets or kids, they are uncomfortable yeah. with themselves. Oh, yeah. And it really made me have to do some soul searching and think about how, what is my relationship to the people I'm talking to? Cause I think sometimes in yeah. comedy, it's almost like a carny of like, look at these suckers. I'm going to trick yeah. them. You know, oh. that's some comedy, but some. I think the ideal that I'm striving for is more about the, the possibility that I can do a trust fall with an audience. I can mm-hmm. speak candidly and vulnerably and tell the truth and not be dependent on I need your laughs and this better be funny because I, I I have something that's um, transactional that I want to get a laugh from you. But it's more about like I'm going to share as though I'm in a 12-step meeting that like take what you want and leave <laughs> yeah. the rest. And I also think the other place that has been so powerful for me in my life is listening to your podcast and then you know i am on social media and being in the the one bad mother subgroups of the way people talk to each other and the way people engage when they're guests on the podcast that they can be vulnerable that they can call in they can talk candidly and share things that like other people would judge me about this but i understand i'm doing the trust that you got my back and you're sympathetic and also knowing by by sharing some of these things, it might even help somebody feel better about their deal. So I just want to thank you that the podcast has been so supportive and influential with the way I think about how I want to talk to other people and listen to other people. I really appreciate that. And it's nice to hear. And it definitely is always shaping how I talk to people because a lot of but, it is a lot of it is based on what I have learned from speaking to guests or listening to listeners yeah. uh you know say or hey or you know just like it, it every opportunity to make adjustments and learn and be more mindful uh is I, I just don't see why that should be a bad thing or big right. deal. You know what I mean? Like, but for like me, like, <laughs> like to people who don't know, Biz and I met when we were both doing sketch comedy. So yeah. for years, I would I would be super comfortable on stage being in front yeah. of strangers, but playing a character, wearing yeah. a costume, having a wig, having a, right. you know, a, a funny hat. Um, 
and how different it is to just talk as oneself and be co- be candid and vulnerable. And I think that's why, like, the Dracula book is yeah. not that. It it is more in the in the vein of like finding a a personal way to express emotions through character and and through fictional story as opposed to like writing the straight up memoir. But I feel like podcasting has really shaped the the way people consume information and Mm -hmm. stories that it's a direct address of like, I am talking directly to you, the listener as myself. There's a whole sociological thing about like the presentation of the Kevin Marr self that I play on podcasts who is not actually me. That's a whole other ball of wax. But yeah, it's it's the difference that I, I think you have done an incredible job of being somebody who was so good at one type of comedy. And now you've got this whole other career where you're thriving as yourself. And oh. it's still super funny and laugh out loud. While at the same time, like, you know, inspiring yeah. and important. Well, I appreciate that. Sure. And I'm going to use that as a segue to our genius and fail calls. Because I got a genius call today that sits squarely in that domain that I wanted to talk about. Because it's Yay. so good. Look at us coming around full circle. So everybody, stick around. We are going to do genius and fails. We'll be right back. People say not to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree. Which is why here on Just the Zoo of Us, we judge them by so much more. We rate animals out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics, taking into consideration each animal's true strengths, like a pigeon's ability to tell a Monet from a Picasso or a polar bear's ability to play basketball. Guest experts like biologists, ecologists, and more join us to share their unique insight into the animal's world. Listen with friends and family of all ages on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. And we're back. We're back. Genius Fail time. All right, Kevin, here's my genius. And this is more of a, I I need the world to see. My family, all the ones who live in this house. (laughs) We had multiple outings as a family this weekend. And that doesn't happen. We're not a going out family. But we want to be. We want to be a going out family. And I don't know if it's because we have finally hit nine and 14, our, our bar has gotten so low. I'm not sure, it could be a combination, but Friday, we went out and we had pizza at a pizza place because <gasps> Ellis, this pizza place allows Ellis to order, quote, off menu. Uh, and it's just a, it's just a dough and sauce. There's no cheese, there's nothing on it, just dough and sauce. And it's the best pizza ever in the world, claims Ellis. So it's his favorite, A, that he has a favorite place that the rest of us can go and eat at is great. That is then, a triumph. 
I mean, it is a try. I mean, every time we go into that pizza place, I'm hugging people. I'm like <laughs> hugging employees. I'm like, I need you to know how much I love you. And this is so good. And Ellis always like goes up to them after and was like, that was excellent. May I go and compliment the people who work here? I said, oh, Ellis, yes, you should. And so he's like, you yeah, made a very good pizza. And um, so that's delightful. Then there is an event that happens at a big garden place near where we live that is called Carved. And it's just this Halloween lead up. It's a lot of jack-o'-lanterns. Kevin, it's a lot, but also all these different crazy look art installations that we've always wanted to go, but I have never wanted to buy the tickets because we weren't going to enjoy it. Oh, we enjoyed it. And Ellis brought a friend. What is happening? And everybody had a good time and we went out. Kevin, we have a pizza place we can go to. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God, that's fucking genius. Kevin, genius me. So, as you know, mm-hmm. got a, a kid in college, freshman year, went yeah. away, made the decision, wasn't going to pack a winter coat with him. I needed to go into the city. I had plans of my own, separate from my family. I was going to go to an event in New York City. So I said, um, I could bring the winter coat because it's starting to get cold and I still want to, you you still always want to take care of your kids. Right, you want to eyeball proof of life. Yeah. (laughs) And um, I said, you know, we could could get together. And like, this is incredible. In New York City, I found parking near the school. What? So I call him. I'm like, I'm here. He comes downstairs, takes the coat, and I'm ready to, like, have a visit and talk and go get a burrito. I'm ready for anything. Yeah. And he says to me in in the tone that, like, because there's no nuance to it because yeah. he's, Mm-mm. you know, he's 18. Yeah. Does the thing of, like, well, thanks for coming by. And oh! I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I got the complete brush off dismissal. Uh, so I get into the car and mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I am not going to take this personally. Oh, no. I'm not because Good. I didn't do anything. This is just, he would have done that with anybody. Any college freshman is going to do that to their yeah. parent. That is nothing I did. I don't have to take it personally. And then, and maybe this counts as a double genius. Yeah. I remembered some a conversation I had where my therapist once said to me, I was like, I don't have to take everything personally. And my therapist is like, you know, you're allowed to take things personally yeah. when it's personal. Was giving yeah. me permission. And then I thought about that. I'm like, oh, wait, maybe I should take it personally. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm still not going to take it personally. <laughs> double genius. That is so good. That's a hard one, too. Because, like, again... It's that, you know, when they're little and they say shit to you and you're like, oh, my God, should I take this personally? Am I insulted by this, like, horrible, mean thing that my three-year-old said? And you're like, no. And then you they don't know. It's developmentally appropriate. Right. And then you flash forward to this moment, developmentally appropriate, where they should be. That's what they're doing. It's still yes. hard. It's still hard not to be like, I... Love you, son. All, yeah, you know? all part of the process. <laughs> Just so Enjoy funny. your coat. Yeah. I spit in it. Anyway, you, <laughs> you're doing 
Very good job. That's hard, Kevin. Thank good you. job. Yeah. Hi, One Bad Mother. I'm calling with what I'm going to call a genius. Um, I just listened to your most recent show, and your guest kind of gave urgent care a bit of a bad name by saying we don't know how to take care of pediatrics. I'm a provider, and we do know how to take care of pediatrics, but things can change rapidly, and also, you know, kids are a little different. And so sometimes if we don't know their history, we do miss things because it's really hard to take a good history when the parent's really upset. Um However, I, I'm sorry she had that experience. What the, my genius is, is that I, after hearing her thing, uh, went and looked up eczema herpeticum and did some research on it so that I will not be the urgent care provider in the future who misses that when another kid comes in with it. Um, so I hope everyone is doing well and doesn't have to go to urgent care often, but we are there. We are ready to see your kids, and most of us are pretty good at what we do. So we understand it's hard to get in with your pediatrician, and that's what we're there for. It is not a fail to come see us. So everyone is doing a great job, including me. Have a good day. Oh, my God. I I love you so much. You are so... This is genius in multiple ways, Kevin, and I think you can spot them. One... As always, expressing how something like came across to you in a in a show or anywhere, right? Like we all get impacted by what we somebody else might say uh, based on our own personal experiences, right? And yeah. I, I and I can one hundred percent say that I have had life-changing experiences in urgent care for the good and and that the work done there is so important and I see I see you I then love that instead of burning the whole place down you decided to like it's that great example of both it can be both it can be oh that sucks that she finds urgent care or that that it may come across that this person experienced urgent care in a bad way and I that hurts me uh, because it's what I do and it's what I love but also I can recognize that I can be even better at my job mm-hmm. which is to help people and it can be both and I I mean oh my god I just love this and it's also like an opportunity for me (laughs) as a host to you know recognize that when my guests say stuff it's okay for us to sometimes take that apart a little bit right because i don't hear things the way sometimes listeners hear things i just i just heard that episode the other day and like i'm like oh my gosh i didn't even think about the impact it would have and now i'm like rethinking and i'm like yeah that really Of course you'd take it, but then that the, the caller is coming at it of a place of like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Like yeah. that really speaks yeah. to my spitefulness and my bitter <laughs> Irish revenge <laughs> grudgeness. Uh-huh. Uh, I love that. Yeah, that is I just, awesome. You are doing, not only are you a genius given all the work that you do, because that is hard work. No one is going to urgent care uh like for fun like no one's going with an attitude of like i'm just here to party everybody there is scared hurt 
and in that place that we talked about earlier, uh, that place of unknown. And that's, that is a really unique and stressful environment to, to be in. Uh, so I, I just appreciate you, what you're doing and knowing that you are going to be there for somebody in a way that will be very impactful. And as always, I appreciate the genius of sharing how something came across to you because it helps all of us be like, oh, right. So like, I, j yay, mm. failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. I usually try and keep fails solely on me, right? I, I am, because I support my partner in all the ways. In fact, they're in this house and they're probably going to hear me. They don't even know that I'm going to share this as a fail. Okay. And because I know it was a hard fail. It was not one that Stefan enjoyed, but I want to share it because it's an important one, I think. So we're going to go see the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie. And we, I mean, Stefan Genius got us those tickets the day it was announced. So we got to see it opening weekend. So good. He picked the like, you know, cool theater where there's like pod seating and you're like, oh, like you can relax and order food to your table. I mean, all that, which again, I think really genius and a good choice. Um, but le the days leading up, you know, there was a mixed, uh, a mixed response from People who went to see the movie, like, you know, they need to call, to quote Taylor Swift, you need to call down and not stand up and not sing and not annoy people uh, who are going to, like, there's movie etiquette. And Stefan, I think, who. Oh, no. Oh, no. Very seriously. And I, and we have raised kids who are very good watching movies, really kind of was like, uh, don't, don't be loud. Don't be mindful of people in the theater. And I will say uh, one thing that didn't help was seeing it in a theater that is like a pod, small space is not conducive for standing up. The kids are in two pods, a couple of rows down from Stefan and I, and I go down to check on, and I've already like done the work in the crowd, like, all right, kids, have fun. Are you gonna sing to the people next to us? Are you, woo, right? And everybody's like, yes, right? And I go down to check on them, and Ellis is looking very upset. I was like, you guys having fun? And they mentioned that Ellis is being really loud when they sing. And they're trying to live up to Stefan's request of being mindful at the theater. But they're just really unhappy. And for Ellis, who sings so loud and so beautifully, the Taylor Swift songs, I, I, both of them do. And so... You know, I go back up and I was like, oh, he's like, how are they doing? And I said, oh, there. And he, he was like, oh, shit, I did that. And I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. Yeah, that's hard. So later I go down again at one of my favorite songs and I just lean into them and I say, in this particular scenario, your father was wrong. Do not listen to him. I want you to sing. And I'm sure that's a fail in its own way. But like, I was like, 
Look at, at she, the girl next to you is singing. Sing loud. You can't be heard here. You can. And then I went back and I started like writing an editorial piece in my mind of like, do not <laughs> tell Taylor Swift fans or when you go see Beyonce to sit down and be quiet. Right. Like as a person who is so loud, it triggered so much of that, you know, adults saying to me or my father saying to me, calm down, quiet, quiet. Right. And I'm like, go be the whole point of her concert is be loud, be all this stuff. Um, Stefan went down later and sat with them and like, you know, really encouraged them to sing. And they had a really good time. And but I, it was it was a, <laughs> it was a well-intentioned fail. So there you go, Kevin. That's a uh, tough top one. That, I, top I, it. I, I, OK, um, <laughs> that's a, a really tough one you because it just it. has to do with like a lot of cultural stuff yep. of the, mm-hmm. the way people like and that that goes for like different kinds of churches and how mm-hmm. you express your attentiveness and how you participate in classrooms right. and so yeah that's a really loaded tricky one but i think the two of you handled it really well yeah we're still married. and you have a takeaway <laughs> and uh, yeah all right so lay it on me so the funny thing is the preface is when when I was invited to do the podcast, oh. I was like, "Oh, I know what my genius is. Oh, I I don't know if I can come up with a fail." <laughs> <laughs> was it taking a coat just, to your kid? <laughs> just getting a getting a little kick in the butt from the universe of like, uh-huh. "Oh, don't worry, you've got such a fail. You have no idea what's around the corner." <laughs> um, my younger son is turning 16 tomorrow in the big rite of passage you know go get that written driver's exam in get the permit and everything Mm -hmm. like so excited so looking forward to it filling out some online paperwork booking the appointment and it says you got to bring your passport got it you know you got to bring like you know this other form printed it good got to bring your social security card Mm. Uh uh-oh uh-oh now, I know where my social security card is, my wife's, <laughs> my older son's. I looked. It's not there. Uh-oh. And now a 16-year-old is going to have to wait a month <gasps> no! while we have to make a trip to oh, Poughkeepsie across oh. the river, order the form, which will come a month later, postpone everything for this big rite of passage of turning 16. Because, you know, like you, it's a, it's a joint one. It's mom and dad together yep. Yep. somehow lost track of a very important slip of paper. Oh. I was so embarrassed I almost didn't talk about it on the podcast because yeah. I thought it was oh. too big a fail. But okay. I thought if someone else could hear it yeah. and feel comforted where they're like, well, I'm having a bad week, but at least I I'm not like this. I didn't ruin my 16-year-old's life. Yeah. yeah. That's, so that's... That, that was... Oh, real serious fail. That's right. Of course, my mind's already like, okay, do you have a folder with all of your information when you apply for passports? Because it could be in there, right? Like, like, what? Did you stick it in another folder? No, I we've, know. We've I know. Turned the house we've, upside the house down. House upside down. I and know. then the other fun thought exercise, Biz. Think yeah. about like your most useless piece of junk that you own. Yeah. And I'm like, if you were to ask me, Kevin. Where's the DVD of the Bad News Bears Go to Japan? Right. Oh, I know exactly, exactly. where that is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where's the Social Security card? No, no. idea. It's lost. <laughs> you. But to be fair, you <clears throat> might actually be asked 
for the bad news bears go to Japan uh, more. Like even just one, even just being asked about it one time gets more use than having to pull out a social security card. You know what I mean? Like that's, you know, well, you're doing a horrible job. Hi, Biz. This is a fail. I uh, got my swimsuit on, got my swim bag together. I left the house and I was partway to the pool when I realized Aqua Zumba would not be happening tonight because it is, in fact, a holiday. Is it a holiday that I don't have to work on? No. So I completely forgot that the pool would be closed. And now I uh, am going to go back in the house after taking a five-minute drive for myself to not the pool. Thanks for the hotline. Really needed to to just share that with someone. Have a good one. Mm. I think part of why this is a fail is you're in the swimsuit. I mean, does anybody like putting a swimsuit on? I don't know. I, I I have no idea what it's like for men, but there's a lot of like getting legs in, getting pulling things up, shifting things, getting them in, then being in it. Uh, you know, they're not designed to wear 24 hours, right? They're designed yeah. for one purpose. And uh, then when you're wearing it, though, then it's like, well, now it's all worth it because now I'm in the water yeah, taking an yeah. aqua Zoom class. Right. Like, you at least get the satisfaction. Yeah. Except then going home and taking off a dry swimsuit. Oh. And then it's like, do I wash it? Do I put it back in a drawer? What do I do yeah. with it? It's it's so endless. Yeah. It, it just the word dry. Dry swimsuit. And it also sucks because that's clearly a self-care thing that you <laughs> did not get to do. Right. I, so you're doing a horrible job taking care of yourself and just knowing what's even happening. Kevin, I'm so glad to talk to you. And we should really talk not uh, on a podcast because lots, lots have happened. There's I want to so much give to a shout on. out to Kevin as well as the Sandwich Generation One Bad Mother subgroup who just provide a remarkable space for that time in your life when you were caring for uh, your own parents and was deeply impactful uh, as I went through a hospice with my mom and uh, her passing earlier this year. So again, just a, a shout out to the magic of the One Bad Mother groups and subgroups and to you being part of them, Kevin, you make a huge impact. And everybody, you need to go. If you don't have a copy of Santa Doesn't Need Your Help, go get it. You know how I feel. Get three copies. One for you, one for your school library, one for your local library. Those are all at that. You know, that's how you do it. And go watch, using the link we have provided for you, go watch Dracula's Super Scary Halloween. It is, it's so good. Kevin, and I'm glad you are still making things. And I am glad that you got a kid off to college. Just good job. You and Rebecca are doing a great job. It's wonderful. Like, for me, I feel like, well, I hear from Biz, and I get to keep up with Biz by listening to the podcast. But now, when I talk back, (laughs) you hear me. So this is a novel treat. 
I know. It's like I normally it's just me talking to myself. Yeah, people might think that I'm incredibly uh, social, but sometimes I'm not. I, sometimes I, I, it is like all of my friends who podcasts where like in my head, I've already had full conversations with them. I've written them back. I've called them back. I've texted them back. And then I discover later, it's been four months. Right? And you're like, how did that even happen? Thank you so much, Kevin. We're going to link everybody up to where they can find all of your marvelous work. Thank you. Thank you, Biz. You're doing a wonderful job. Thank you. So are you. <laughs> you are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you. I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. It's the final week of Co-Optober. I'm Kira Gowan, Ad Operations Specialist, and I'm here with... Daniel Barwella, Technology and Data Specialist. To cap off National Co-Op Month, we're sharing how worker-owned co-ops can benefit their communities. Read about it in our newsletter or on social media at MaxFunHQ. We're also trying to do our part. We're volunteering at our local food bank this week, and we encourage you to volunteer in your area, too. On Friday, we're announcing the donation that you helped raise in the post-Max Fun Drive sticker sale going to five food banks across the U.S. And we want to make sure you know that this is your last chance to get our limited edition Co-op Launch Crew merch. Grab a pin, hat, shirt, or hoodie before they disappear at the end of the month. Details on merch, resources for volunteering, and all things Co-Optober can be found at MaximumFun.org slash Co-Optober. That's C-O-O-P-T-O-B-E-R. Thank you so much for your support and have a great Co-Optober. All right, everybody, let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, Biz. This is, this is a rant. I don't know why. Mornings are so freaking hard. I just let my stress level go to the 100 immediately this morning, and there was really no reason for it. And then, so I just, like, let everything get to me, and now it's piled up, and I've been working a lot, and dealing with my four-year-old, who's decided hitting people is good, and then he wants to be a bully. He's the sweetest, sweetest kid in the world, and I just don't want anyone to think he's a bully. And then the teacher, fortunately, a sweet woman, said, but he's really fine and wanted to let me know today that he's just a kid and it's a phase and he'll be fine and that really is awesome but I just I just hate it and and I feel guilt I'm feeling guilty today because a friend of mine asked me out to go out tonight and I haven't been home a lot because I've been working crazy hours and why should I feel guilty about wanting to go out and spend a nice time with a friend? It's just ridiculous. So I'm just, I'm having, I'm having a rough time. I'm not okay today. And I really appreciate y'all listening because no one else gives a shit. And there's no one else to tell. So thanks. Y'all are all doing a really, really, really great job. Let's just get this one out of the way. You are doing a 
fucking remarkable job. Why are you, why did the stress get to you? Because it's not about just that morning. It, it, it's never about just the moment that you're in. It is the relentless buildup of staying calm in extreme moments when we have kids in our house. Um, it's work. It's everything. And, and I like the bucket metaphor. The bucket fills up and it fills up a little more and it fills up a little more. And then at a time in which the bucket is totally fine, it's leveled out. One little thing happens and it catches you off guard that the whole bucket is pouring down all over you. When our stress races up to a hundred, seemingly out of nowhere, it's not out of nowhere. So let it out, right? You got to let that steam out somewhere. Even though developmentally, even though in our like smartest, wisest, most patient, calm moments, we can be aware that most developmental behavior is momentary, is, um, is brief. It's hard when you're in it to have it not feel like it is forever, right? Like these are, this is like how our brain is like working, especially when we are already stressed out. So I, I just, I want you to know that it gets to be both. I hear you rationally understanding. I hear you hearing the words from your teacher. I hear you arguing with yourself about why you should feel guilty going out and doing something that will probably help alleviate the stress that you're under. I see you. You're doing an excellent good job. No one gives a shit, but at the same time, they do, okay? We all see you. You are not alone. Everybody, you're all doing a good job, and I will talk to you next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, my husband, Stephen Lawrence, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things. And of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash One Bad Mother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.